When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> it's the old radio comedy podcast. It's episode 71 of season 2 in time for another classic comedy radio show from the golden age of radio. Meet Corliss Archer with CBS Radio's answer to NBC Radio's A Date with Judy. A Date with Judy became so popular with America's teen listeners that CBS needed a show to compete, and Meet Corliss Archer was created. It ran from January 7, 1943 to September 30, 1956, starring Priscilla Lyon and then Janet Waldo as Corliss, a 15-year-old perky, sweet, and popular suburban girl. Lugene Sanders also played Corliss briefly. Other characters are Dexter Franklin, her boyfriend and next-door neighbor, played by Bill Christie, and Sam Edwards. Harry Archer, her lawyer father, was played by Bob Bailey, Fred Shields, and Frank Martin. Janet Archer, her mother, was played by Irene Tedrow, Monty Margetts, and Gloria Holden. Other characters in the show were Corliss's best friend Mildred Ames, her younger brother Raymond, and her rival Betty Cameron. Unfortunately for us comedy radio fans, only a handful of episodes survive to this day, despite the show's long run. So sit back and relax for the September 16th, 1956 broadcast of Meet Corliss Archer. And now we invite you to Meet Corliss Archer, America's teenage sweetheart. Featuring Sam Edwards, Fred Shields, and Mary Jane Croft. And starring Janet Waldo. (laughs) Harry, weren't you able to get any sleep? Afraid not. Poor Daddy. Why didn't you try counting sheep? Conscience wouldn't let me. Your conscience, Daddy? Corliss, just because I couldn't sleep was no reason to keep all those sheep awake. Really, Harry, you're just wearing yourself out. Well, I've never had a case like this before where the entire question of legal ownership of a valuable piece of property hinges on one, just one, obscure point of law. Yes, and after two weeks of worrying, tomorrow you go to court, no closer to finding that obscure point of law than when you started. Oh, I wouldn't be too sure of that if I were you. Harry, you found what you were looking for? Yep. You said it was impossible. It is. That's why it took me so long. (laughs) Well, how'd you do it? By spending two weeks on the telephone. I guess I must have called every law library within a thousand miles of here. Yesterday afternoon, I finally struck pay dirt. A reference work that tells everything there is to know about those old Dutch land grants. Oh, I'm so glad. It's on its way, Air Express. And unless fate has something personal against Harry Archer, it will arrive here this afternoon. 
Well, now when you go to court tomorrow, you'll be able to prove that the stipulations of the plaintiff's petition are based on hearsay and should not be admissible as evidence. That's right. Why, Mom! What is it, dear? I, I never dreamed you knew so much about Daddy's law work. You mean I surprised you? Surprise me? Can you think of a bigger surprise for a girl than to suddenly find out that her mother is a lady lawyer? Yes, to suddenly find out that her father is. <laughs> I'm serious. Mom, tell me, how is it that you know so much about Daddy's work? Well, when I first knew that I was going to be the wife of a handsome young attorney, I made it a point to read a few books and learn a little about the law. When you first knew? You mean when Daddy asked you to marry him? Corliss, your mother said when she first knew. That's at least six months before I first knew. <laughs> well, I just think what Mum did was wonderful. Oh, come on, honey, it isn't so wonderful. I think almost every woman tries to learn a little about her future husband's work. If for no other reason than to have an intelligent look on her face when he's talking to her. Oh, golly. What is there? I just thought of something. Something horrible. What's that? Dexter! Mmm, that is pretty horrible. <laughs> Wait, Dexter doesn't even know yet what he's going to be when he grows up. Then it's high time someone broke the bad news to him. <laughs> and if he doesn't know, how could... Oh, golly. I don't know where to begin. I haven't the slightest idea what books to read so that I can understand what Dexter's going to be. I'd suggest something on abnormal psychology. <laughs> Corliss, dear, Dexter has plenty of time to decide what he's going to be. Why, he's still practically a child. A child? Dexter? Mom, the last time Dexter got a haircut, the barber had to look at his face a second time to see if he needed a shave. Corliss, there's only one reason anyone would look at Dexter's face a second time. Because he wasn't able to believe what he saw the first time. <laughs> well, I think it's certainly time Dexter decided what he's going to be when he goes out into the world. So that we can both get ready for it. Yes, and don't forget, Corliss, the world's got to have a little time to get ready for Dexter, too. <laughs> Did you say you had something special you wanted to talk to me about, Corliss? I certainly have. Dexter, has it ever occurred to you that someday you'll become a man? Well, yeah, I kind of figured something like that might happen. <laughs> well, Dexter, what I'm driving at is, have you ever given a thought to what you're going to do when you become a man? As to what your life's work is going to be? As a matter of fact, Corliss, my parents and I were talking about it just the other day. You were? Yeah. And according to my old man, my life's work is all cut out for me. Oh, Dexter, what? Trying to graduate from high school. <laughs> Dexter, please be serious. We've got to decide what to do with your life so that I'll know what to prepare myself for. Haven't you even the slightest inkling of what you want to be? Yeah. Retired. <laughs> <laughs> Hello? Hello, 
Janet, did the book come? Came this very minute, dear. I was just about to call you. Oh, thank heaven. Listen, Mary's coming by in a minute to take me to a club meeting, so why don't I leave a note for Corliss to have Dexter bring it down to you when they get home from school? No. No? Something would happen to it. Oh, Harry, really, Dexter isn't that silly. It's just that occasionally he has something on his mind. Well, whatever it is, it's leading a lonely life. <laughs> I'll tell you, Janet, just leave the book in the study, huh? On my desk. All right, dear. Uh, on second thought, that desk is a little too easy to get to. Oh, Harry, really, how cautious can you get? Janet, there are two powerful destructive forces in this world... One makes a blinding flash, a tremendous sound, and a huge mushroom cloud. The other one goes around saying, Holy cow! Well, what do you want me to do with this book? I guess there's only one safe place for it. Where's that? The bookshelf in the study with my other law books. Take it out of the package and just put it in with the rest. I'll do it right away, dear. Thanks. See you later, dear. Bye, dear. <laughs> Gee, you whiz, Cross. That sure is a dirty trick Mr. Masters is pulling on us. Well, just because he suddenly decided to give us a little history test tomorrow? He may call it a little history test. I call it a sneak attack. <laughs> don't worry about it, Dex. You'll pass. Well, gee, I don't know. The test is going to be mostly on the origins of the 13 American colonies. Well, what of it? Corliss, the last time I opened my history book, Nero had just begun to fiddle. <laughs> oh, well, it, it isn't too hopeless for you, Dex. You're only 3,000 years behind the rest of the class. Yeah, that's true. Meanwhile, try not to think of it. At least not until you get home. Okay. Let's think of the future, of how successful and wealthy you're going to be someday. Gee, do you really think I'll ever be rich, Corliss? Oh, I just know you will, Dex. You're going to make so much money, I won't know what to do with it. Well, according to my old man, there are only two ways left for a fellow to get rich these days. The first one is to strike oil. And the only way I'll ever do that is to run into a mobile gas station with my hot rod. <laughs> the other is to marry the boss's daughter. And I can't do that. I'm going to marry you. Oh, I'm sure there must be other ways to... <gasps> the boss's daughter... Dexter, that's it. What? A lawyer. You're going to be a lawyer. Well, gee whiz, you got to be pretty smart to be a lawyer. Oh, don't worry about that. Daddy will do all the brain work. Not only his own, but yours, too, for the good of the partnership. Holy cow, what partnership? Well, you and Daddy. Partners. Dex, can't you just see it? Not from where I'm standing. <laughs> well, it's just as plain as anything. The two of you, Harry Archer and son-in-law, attorneys at law. Holy cow! Well, Bill Franklin, friend and neighbor. Hi, Harry. You going home, too? No, I'm just on my way to court. Don't tell me you're heading home this early. Why, well, it isn't even 3.30. No, just going home to do a little work. Murray's been after me to clean out the attic. Wants me to get all the old books together and send them over to the servicemen's club. What sort of books, Bill? Oh, some old books of Dexter's that have we've had knocking around the attic for years. Sizzlers like Jack the Giant Killer, The Gingerbread Boy, and uh, Little Red Riding Hood. 
Bill, I don't think any soldier or sailor will care about reading those. Not unless Little Red Riding Hood's 18 and wearing a bikini. (laughs) (laughs) Now, when Daddy comes in, Dex, don't say a word. Let me tell him. Oh, gosh, Cross, a guy's got to have a lot on the ball before he can become a lawyer. Oh, Dex, it's really very easy. Easy? Honestly. Anytime you have a problem, all you do is look it up in a book. That's all there is to it? Well, no, a lawyer has to remember to send all his clients' bills, too. Daddy will do that, though. All you have to do is sit back and look legal. What kind of books do you look these things up in? Well, law books, naturally. Like the ones in the bookshelf in Daddy's study. Jax, I have a wonderful idea. Holy cow, now what? Why don't you read some of Daddy's law books? Well, all right, Corliss. But pick out a couple with pictures. CBS Radio rings you in on the fabulous adventures of insurance investigator Johnny Dollar. Just by decoding the cryptic items on his expense account, you'll learn how a dime spent in a telephone booth can lead to a scene of the wildest suspense. Each new expenditure moves the story forward to its dramatic payoff when Johnny Dollar solves yet another case of arson, fraud, or murder. Now back to Corliss Archer. Oh, hello, Corliss. Oh, Daddy. Oh, I'm glad you came home early. I have something I want to talk to you about. Something that's simply wonderful. Can't it wait a while, baby? I have a lot of work to do. Oh, poor Daddy. You work awfully hard, don't you? Hmm. Uh, let's see now. First, I better get my reference work down from the bookshelf. Well, pretty soon your work is going to be cut exactly in half. Think of it. Hmm. Fine. Huh. That's funny. Where in the world Daddy, is that Daddy, when I book? tell you what Dexter and I decided, you are going to be so thrilled. Of course, Dexter won't be the smartest lawyer in the world, but he'll be 100% honest. And he'll make you a wonderful partner. Yes, I'm sure. Huh? Look here, what in heaven's name are you babbling about? Well, you and Dexter, of course. I'm trying to tell you how wonderful it'll be when you and Dexter are partners. Partners? You mean me and that... that... me and that... <laughs> but, Daddy, if you'll only give Dexter a chance to prove what he really is... What Dexter really is is something that can never be proven. <laughs> but I know he could be a help to you, and he'd work so hard. He'd just work his brain to the bone for you. He wouldn't have far to go. <laughs> but, Daddy... Corliss, I have a lot on my mind as it is, and I'm not going to cloud it up further with thoughts of an incompetent dope. Oh, Daddy. You just don't know Dexter like I do. You've never sat with him on the porch swing on a moonlit night. Sighing sighs. Or sat through a romantic movie with him. And kissed him in the balcony. No, but I've often toyed with the idea of kicking him in the mezzanine. (laughs) Now, look, Corliss, I have other things to think about. I have to prepare a brief by tomorrow morning, and unless your mother comes home soon and tells me what she did with that book, I'm going to be in trouble. Book, Daddy? What book? The book I've been looking for all this time, the reference I need for my brief. A book? Oh, golly. 
Yes, Corliss? Uh, I I loaned Dexter some of your law books a little while ago. I I took them from the shelf. You what? Well, Daddy, I I just wanted him to learn a little about what it was like to be a lawyer, so that when you and he look here, young lady, you go right next door this minute and bring back those books. I'll go right away, Daddy. And if for some reason you can't bring back those books, bring back that teenage Clarence Darrell and hurry. I'm sorry to interrupt you like this when you're studying. Uh, see, that's all right, Corliss. You know I don't mind you interrupting me when I'm studying. Come to think of it, I don't mind if anybody interrupts me when I'm studying. <laughs> Dex, you know those law books I loaned you. Uh-huh. Oh, I've got to take them back. One of them's important. Daddy's got to do something with it for his brief. His brief? Uh-huh. Well, you know what a brief is. Every lawyer always has something or other to do with a brief. Daddy says sometimes they're a lot of trouble. Holy cow, why doesn't he wear something else? <laughs> well, now, Dick, don't you get up from your history book. Just tell me where those law books of Daddy's are, and, and I'll get them. Okay. Let's see, where did I put those things? Oh, I remember. I left them out in the hall there with those other books that Pop brought down from the attic. But, Dick, I... I didn't notice any books in your hallway when I came in. Well, of course not. The guy came and called for them about ten minutes. Holy cow! Dexter, what is it? Pop told me to tell the man to take all the books he found in the hallway. He must have taken the law books, too. Oh, golly. Daddy said one of those books is absolutely vital. His whole case depends on it. Holy cow. We've just got to find that book. We must. Well, gee whiz, how? We'll, we'll go right downtown and find out where the books for the armed services are taken. Well, there goes my law career. <laughs> worried, Harry. They've been gone for hours. Oh, first I lose a law book, tomorrow I'm going to lose a trial, and right now it looks like I've lost a daughter. Well, where do you think they could have gone? I don't know, Janet. I keep asking myself, if I were an incompetent dope like Dexter and I were supposed to be home, where would I be? Listen, wait. I think I hear Dexter's car outside. Yes, here they come. Oh, thank heaven. Now, Harry, please. I mean, don't... Well, it may not be entirely Dexter's fault. Don't so worry, I... Janet. I'm so relieved that they're safe, I'll probably wind up kissing them both. According to Corliss, that's about the only way anyone can really get to understand the real Dexter. Uh, hello, Daddy. Mom. Uh, hello, Mr. Archer. I, uh... I guess you thought we'd never get here. <laughs> uh, Daddy, you see, it was like this. I gave the books to Dexter, and Dexter put them down in the hall with the books with soldiers, and then he had to study for a history exam because he's 3,000 years behind, and so when the man came, he took them, and we've been looking ever since, and golly, you have no idea how many warehouses there are in this town. Now that uh, Corliss has explained everything so well, I guess I'll be running along. Good night, Mrs. Archer. Now, see here, both of you. Have either of you any idea how worried we were? Have you? Well, yes. 
I know the book is absolutely vital. Carlos, we were not worried about your father's law book, although that's important enough. We were worried about you. Oh, Mom. And Dexter's parents are practically frantic. Well, do you know that they have been... Well, I thought I saw the car. So they finally got here, huh? Hello, Pop. Don't you hello, Pop me. Dexter, what's the meaning of this? Oh, gee whiz, Pop. We kind of lost track of time. We knew we had to find Mr. Archer's book, and so we looked all over for it. Harry, is this it? Yes. Where in the world did you find it, Bill? On Dexter's desk, just now. What? Our student here was using it to keep his history book propped open. Dexter! Oh, for the love of... You mean it was there all this time? (laughs) Gee whiz, it's sure funny how things happen. Some of the things that happen when I get you home aren't going to be so funny. (laughs) But, Pop... And you wanted to be a lawyer. But, Daddy, it was just a little mistake. Everyone makes a little mistake now and then. Don't they, Mr. Franklin? Uh, His mother and I sure did. (laughs) Daddy, please, I'm sure Dexter will be a wonderful lawyer if you'll just be patient with him for the next 12 or 13 years. If Dexter had taken just five minutes to look around before rushing off in all directions, he'd have found this book and all this worry might have been avoided. You're absolutely right, Mr. Archer. Well, thank you. I'm glad my learned colleague agrees. What if I conducted my business like that? Suppose, for example, tomorrow morning I walked into the wrong courtroom. And take this book, for instance. Where would I be if I hadn't spent two weeks tracking it down? Harry, just a minute, Bill. What I'm trying to tell you, too, is that nobody but a fool fails to make sure first before he acts. Harry, what is it, Bill? I wish you'd open that book and take a good look at it. Huh? It's a book on Dutch land grants. What? Somehow I didn't think you'd expect to find it written in Dutch. Oh. I tried to tell you. I hope it isn't going to upset your case too much. Oh, no. All I have to do is learn how to read Dutch by tomorrow morning. Then I can find out how long the old deeds and titles of the new Amsterdam colony are good for. Gee whiz, is that all you want to know? That's all. The Dutch settlers of New Amsterdam were granted their land by the king in Holland in perpetuity for as long as they swore allegiance to the crown of orange, providing that their um, heirs and assigns used the land for production of produce, grain, or cattle, the selection of which crop to be decided solely by the uh, patroon. Huh? <laughs> Look here, this is no time for any of your jokes. Gee whiz, Mr. Archer, it's no joke to me. It's the only thing I had time to memorize for my history exam tomorrow. You mean it's in your history book? Yes, sir, it sure is. Along with a lot of other things that I don't know. Three thousand years worth. Well, I'll be. The thing I've been looking for has been in a high school history book all this time. (laughs) (laughs) Dexter, it looks like I can be just as much of an incompetent dope as you are. Gee, Mr. Archer, that's just about the nicest thing you ever said to me. (laughs) The quiz is as exciting as a quiz can be, but what is even more exciting on Strike It Rich is the human interest. For Strike It Rich... 
is the quiz show that gives folks an opportunity to win cash prizes for worthy causes. Get in on the thrills. Get in on the human interest every Monday through Friday when CBS Radio says strike it rich on most of these same stations. Now back to Corliss and Dexter. Dex, you simply can't change your mind about being a lawyer. Not after you've made such a brilliant showing in your very first case. Well, gee, I don't know, Corliss. I had a long talk with my old man about it. He just doesn't think I'm cut out to be a lawyer. Well, what does he think you should be? He didn't say exactly. He just said that everybody ought to try and make a career out of the thing he enjoys doing the most. Well, Dex, of course. Why didn't we think of that? Oh, Dex, what do you enjoy doing the most? You know. <laughs> you mean kissing and and holding my hand? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be able to make a career out of it, but if there's a way to make it possible, boy, will I find it. <laughs> Archer, starring Janet Waldo, is based on characters created by F. Hugh Herbert. It's a James L. Safir production, directed by Stephen Hayter. Our script is by Michael Cramoy. Dexter is played by Sam Edwards. And Mr. and Mrs. Archer by Fred Shields and Mary Jane Croft. Mr. Franklin was played by Ken Christie. Music was composed by Felix Mills. Now, this is Roy Rowan inviting you to tune in again next week at the same time to meet Corliss Archer. Stay tuned for Two for the Money, which follows immediately over most of these same stations. Wherever you go, go with radio and the CBS Radio Network. That was the episode, Corliss Decides Dexter's Future, from Meet Corliss Archer. If you're enjoying the podcast, I hope you'll give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you're listening to us on another podcast platform, please consider writing a review if you're enjoying the podcast. If you're not enjoying the podcast, why are you listening? See you here on Monday for another classic comedy radio show. I'm Greg Fordyce. Well, you know what a brief is. Every lawyer always has something or other to do with a brief. Daddy says sometimes they're a lot of trouble. Holy cow, why doesn't he wear something else?